I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two doctors on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. As you enter the Shibuya train station in Japan, you might find a crowd waiting to take a selfie with the statue of a little Akita named Hachiko. Hachiko was the beloved dog of a University of Tokyo professor and would greet him every day after work at the train station. One day in 1925, his owner suffered a fatal brain hemorrhage and never returned home from work. Undaunted and faithful, Hachiko walked to the train station every day for the next 10 years, patiently awaiting the return of his master every day until his own death on the street outside the station. He lives on as an enduring symbol of the bond between human and animal. Was it love or something else? Throughout the course of history, people have debated the age-old question of whether or not animals experience emotions. Is your dog's wagging tail when you get home after a long day of work an expression of joy, or simply a learned behavior intended to get you to reward him with treats? As scientists continue to gather evidence for and against the existence of emotions in animals, the body of evidence continues to swing in favor of animals experiencing emotion in some form or another. They show consistent physiological and behavioral responses to situations that elicit such things as joy, fear, or sadness. But even without the peer-reviewed papers, it's hard to argue that animals don't experience a rich and emotional life. From a group of elephants mourning a matriarch's death in Kenya to Jane Goodall's observations of chimpanzees in Gombe, the evidence for emotion is all around us. In today's episode of What the Woo, Dr. A and I discuss animal emotions, and I share my own experiences in Thailand and Tanzania with two extraordinary species. Hope you enjoy. So, Dr. V, I was at San Diego Wild Animal Park. Well, I guess it's the Zoo Safari Park now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was there a couple weeks ago with some friends who were also doctors and... Human doctors. Yes, human doctors. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we do have to, to say that sometimes. So I was with my human doctor friends, which is super important with this story because uh, the elephants had just had a baby. The baby was like one oh, week old. It was super adorable. So cute. Yeah, super cute. So we got sucked in, of course. And yes. I'm like staring at this baby because, you know, it's walking, and I think it's the cutest thing ever. It is. So so then we start watching, and I feel like we were watching, like, those weird TV shows about animals and animal behavior. We ended up watching this thing for, like, an hour. Basically, baby was with mom. This, like, what looked like an adolescent elephant comes up. Uh, apparently, mom's, like, uncomfortable with adolescent elephant being close. Yeah. So she keeps, like, back in the baby back, 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 brings it into, like, a more private part of the enclosure. And then all of a sudden, I see big old, like, grandma elephant come over. <laughs> and she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. You're not going to fuck with the baby. <laughs> so she comes over and is... Uh, you know, now they're all a united front walking yeah. this baby. And then once grandma and mom start walking, I see these other ones coming over. They're all bigger than this adolescent one. Oh, yeah. And it's like auntie and like auntie's cousin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all coming over and they form this like big, you know, elephant army against this like adolescent you know, elephant. Little turd. Yeah, yeah. totally. And basically, because this guy just wasn't retreating, right? Then all these bigger elephants work together. And finally, little guy's like, 
okay, I'm out. Like, (laughs) I'm done. And, you know, they all went on their merry way. And so, you know, we human doctors are looking at it and we're talking about how fascinating this is and, you know, all of the, like, psychological implications. And then I got to thinking, I was like, what the fuck? Do these elephants even think like that? Like, do animals have emotions? Like, do they do all these human behaviors that I just attributed to this elephant army? So I was like, what better to do than ask Dr. V on our podcast? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's um, one of the most commonly debated questions is, do animals have emotions? And I think anybody who's spent any time around them knows, how could you not think that they do? And the the behaviorists will say, oh, we anthropomorphize, you know, they don't feel jealousy or shame or any of those things. And my response to that is, you know, how do you know? I mean, we used to say animals don't even feel pain. And that wasn't eons ago. You know, that was when I was still in school. You had some old school vets who weren't appropriately medicating animals because they don't feel that. And I think we oftentimes use that, oh, emotion is, you know, a function of higher primates like humans as an excuse to mistreat these animals. I mean, Absolutely. You, we will never know in our lifetime. Like, I can't get into an elephant's head and say what they are or aren't experiencing and, and what their thought processes look like. So all we can go on is intuiting what we think based on our observations of their behavior. And it seems very, very clear that they experience um, these behaviors that are consistent with, you know, protection and, and love and they mourn when an animal dies. You know, they've exhibited some incredible behaviors that we've observed in the wild where they'll bury their dead and, and mourn for a period of time. And so I, I think that, you know, you don't want to go overboard with your anthropomorphization, right? Like to think that animals enjoy getting dressed up because we think it's entertaining. So you don't think my chihuahua (laughs) thinks he's actually my son? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, it's entirely possible. Chihuahuas are their own thing. But, (laughs) but you know, I, I agree that sometimes we over attribute and project our emotions onto pets, but that doesn't mean that they don't have them. Now, we know elephant society is is matriarchal. I mean, these are consistent behaviors over time. And so the, the family lineage revolves around the ladies. I think we could learn a lot from elephants, right? I feel like they have the better society. Yeah, well, they do because you don't often hear of elephants shanking each other, right? Like when they die of unnatural causes, it's usually friggin' human related. The, the males, particularly the, the African elephants, are, I think, even a little more aggressive than the Asian elephants. But when, like when I was at the elephant sanctuary um, in Chiang Mai, Thailand, a couple of years ago, they, they had a bunch of elephants in their sanctuary, but it was, it was all females. Like the, the males, they don't really do that well in that matriarchal society. Like when they're adolescence they kick them out and tell them to find their own place in the world which i mean we should do that i'm saying like it kind (laughs) of sounds nice like once they get all hormonal and aggro they gotta go find their own place in the world and so 
you're seeing a very, very clear example in that behavior of the little baby and the elephants they have a very fluid family dynamic. So when there's a baby in the group, it's not mom's baby. It's like every female oh. adopts this elephant. So you've got your aunties and your grandmas, and they all protect the baby as if it were their own. Okay. And so when this baby was getting pestered by the adolescent and he wasn't getting the message, you know, he's pushing the envelope like teenagers do, right? right. Like they all do. And so that was sort or of... Or husbands. Or... I feel like husbands do it too, really. <laughs> or, you know, just trolls on the internet, right? Right. It was the equivalent of grandma grabbing the rolling pin and saying, get out, damn it. Right. Oh, shit, you know, and, and, and chasing him off. And it's, it's awesome to see that. And one of the things that was stunning to observe to me, because I hadn't spent a lot of time around elephants, you know, here in San Diego, unless you work at a place like the Safari Park, you don't have that much opportunity to, to experience them. And so at the nature park, when they bring a new elephant in, I mean, these are animals that have experienced a great deal of trauma. They were separated from their families at a very young age and basically broken psychologically in order to to work and oftentimes abused or at least neglected they hadn't functioned in a herd environment for many many years and so they come into this sanctuary and they don't really know how to be an elephant and we aren't in a position to train them how to be elephants and so you see these family units developing you know the the aunties and the grandmas will will adopt them in and they have different cliques like uh -huh. they the elephants you know just like people they're like oh how that's annoying i don't like her right so they will find their group and that's who they hang with and each elephant actually has um one person it's a mahout who's their caretaker and it is just that one person nobody else because they have suffered greatly at the hands of people and so they have to relearn to trust this one person who's responsible for their medical care and their feeding and and their grooming and they it's like a lifelong commitment for these mahouts and the elephants are not assigned a mahout they're at the elephant nature park uh, the elephants choose their person oh that's kind of awesome and it's the same thing they're like nope nope he's ugly he's gross oh you're my man you know right. and, and that's who they pick now do these mahouts do they live at the sanctuary are they i mean they have to be there forever, right? This isn't just a job where they're like, okay, I'm done with you. I'm going to go my own way because now the elephant's going to have yeah. issues. Well, right? I mean, I'm sure it's not like there's indentured servitude at, at the right. nature park. It's a job. They go home to their families and they come back. But it, they, most of them stay, you know, a, a very long time because they form bonds with these elephants as well. Yeah. So if they need to leave, then they'll have to pick a new mahout. But most of the time... It, it's not like a fluid thing where you work for a couple months and then everybody switches around. You know, they tend to be there for years. Elephants have long lifespans too. And so it's just it's so beautiful to observe the relationship between um, the person and the elephant and then in between the elephants. And there at the park, you can walk around like amongst the elephants. They, it's, oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Like does... Any random person that goes to the park do this, or were you just afforded that opportunity because you're a veterinarian? We had a little more access um, than most. However, everybody who goes to the, uh, the nature park, 
can volunteer and they're all given opportunities to sort of walk into the sanctuary so you're not separated by the big walls and and the fences i mean you can get really close and it's absolutely that's crazy yeah that's awesome the most amazing thing and it was funny because i was there with a, a group of veterinarians and you know, they wanted to do the tourism thing where you ride the elephants, but we went there first and then they left like, oh my God, no, <laughs> we'll yeah. never do that again. I had no idea. They really do a good job of educating people and turning them into ambassadors. But when we were there, I think one of the elephants that arrived at the park pregnant. And so they don't have babies there that often. These are usually elderly. So the entire sanctuary was like, oh, my God, it's a baby. And when we walked over, you would see that same behavior. Like they were circling the wagons like, mm-mm, people. Yeah. <laughs> we know what you people do with babies. Step back. It was well, made very clear. It's really interesting to hear, like, that they have this and that their society, you know, they, they're doing well for themselves, right? Like, well, except for when the humans, you know, go and kill elephants. <laughs> but, like, we as humans could learn a lot from that, right? Like, women band together and protect each other rather than bullying each other online, crap like that, you know? Yeah, I, I would say in general when women get together with the intent of creating strong groups and family environments everybody benefits i would agree <laughs> i would absolutely agree <laughs> oh yeah the the elephants are pretty amazing but it is i mean they may be doing well in that park but in general they are severely endangered across the world and that's that's a human issue that we've caused unfortunately yeah we'll be right back don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on itunes google play or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com you can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there we'd love to hear from you so, you know, back to this whole, like, do animals do human behaviors or is this just us, you know, thinking about other, you know, projecting <laughs> our own issues yeah. onto animals? Um, you know, you and I have talked a bit about cool animal stories yep. in your life. Um, can you tell us a bit about the chimpanzees? Oh, my God. I love the chimpanzee story. So my idol growing up and still is Jane Goodall. And of course, yeah. And one of the things that I loved about her was, I mean, years and years ago, she kind of did the same thing. She was asking herself, like, I don't think what you're saying about chimpanzees is correct. You know, I think out in the wild, they, they exhibit these behaviors that we're calling human, but they're, they're chimpanzee behaviors, you know, we happen to share those. And so she was getting poo-pooed, you know, left and right by the PhDs who'd go out there for like a week. And she lived out there like by herself. She went with her mom, this young single woman back, you know, decades ago when that sort of thing just simply wasn't done. She was like a baller, like a total baller. Yeah. Right. For doing that. And with the power of her observations, she really was able to provide this sort of incontrovertible evidence that 
this is how their societies are organized and they have distinct personalities which play out in how you can predict their behaviors. And so for my 10th wedding anniversary, I told my husband I want to see some chimpanzees and there was all this travel drama I'm trying to get out to the um, Mahale National Forest in Tanzania so I could see them, but I just like lost my mind. I was, it was wow. so awesome. Cause I thought I wanted to be a primate veterinarian, but in that environment, you're, you're working in research facilities. And that wasn't something that, that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to, to see them in the wild. I feel like you've got a special husband. If I told my husband I wanted to see chimpanzees for our anniversary, he'd be like, let's go to the zoo. Well, it took <laughs> not let's go to Tanzania. <laughs> 10 years to get him to agree. But once he did, he's like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So we were out there in in the forest, and they they do a wonderful job in Tanzania of protecting the the chimpanzees, and they have a lot of rules about limiting the number of tourists, you have to wear masks, you can't get within uh, a certain whatever, I don't remember if it's like 50 or 100 feet, but they don't want um, the chimpanzees to contract like our colds and, and yeah. flus and all those things. And we know that habituation to humans alters their behavior. So they're doing everything they can to give people these opportunities without impacting the groups too much and so there there are specific troops that you're allowed to observe and they know them very well like before we went out the um the hosts at the place we were staying gave us this um, binder with pictures of the chimps and descriptions of their personalities and of course like i'm the only one i'm like fascinated right i'm right. studying and taking pictures and everybody else is like where's the bar <laughs> right <laughs> it's our vacation i'm like no no I you want to be able to pick out each chain. individual chimp. Them all. yeah and the the rangers, the park rangers go out in the morning and they locate where the chimpanzees are and then you hike out to them and, and you can observe them. So we're, we're going out there and they're sort of explaining the situation and they said that, all right, so here's the deal, uh, you know, about a month ago, the, the old alpha male, because this is not a matriarchal society, the old alpha male was chased out by this this chimp Pimu and basically Pimu is a big asshole like he raped all the females and he's the alpha and he beats everybody up but he's the alpha right that's just kind of the way that it goes so hmm. we're out there I feel like there are some human corollaries right now in the United right States. yeah he's king of the jungle and yet <laughs> nobody likes him but they live in fear yes so it, Huh. Anyways, but back yeah. to the chimpanzee. And his hair was kind of funky. He was orange. <laughs> mm, funny. <laughs> yeah. So so we go out there and you can see him, right? Like you are not allowed to approach the chimpanzees, but if they approach you, like there's no time to get out of the way. So they got a lot closer to us than we were expecting. And Pimu goes by and he's glaring at us. He's like, oh, aren't humans. And he went up and he's sitting there with his back to us eating his figs, right? Like, I can't be bothered by no, you it's folks. A, stupid humans, they don't ever give me anything. And so he's sitting up there with his bitch face, right? And and the women are kind of like hanging out in the corners, hoping that <laughs> well, that his, he's not going to act out. Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. I didn't even know we were going that no, direction today. Do I have to cut that out so the. <laughs> I feel like you don't. So anyway, um, <laughs> Pimu 
is up there being a jerk. And the guards start, or the rangers start freaking out. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God, look over there. There's the chimpanzee, the old alpha that got chased away. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, they don't normally come back? Like, no, usually they, they're completely banished, right? They have to go somewhere else, find another troop, or they run off and die. But he's sitting there on the outskirts. And we watched him over the course of the afternoon. And he was getting together with a couple other chimps. And they're grooming each other. They're basically, like, uh. you know, picking bugs off them. And that is the chimpanzee equivalent of going down to the bar and sipping some scotch. Like, there's some shit going down. Uh-huh. Right? And Pimu doesn't know any of this. And they're having a discussion over in the corner. And it was not anything that anybody had seen before. So they were watching, like, with a, a great deal of interest to see what would happen. Now, are these people that the old alpha male was – well, these people. Sorry. These chimps. <laughs> um, were they females or males? Males. Okay. Yeah. So there's still other males within the group. They are just – passive yes okay so there is the alpha male and then the other males just kind of hang around they're like the hangers-on the you know cabinet members yeah they're they like don't get any they're like the alphas bitch yeah yeah like i don't every once in a while i think if they can sneak off before Pimu notices, then sometimes they get to mate, but, you know. <laughs> they have to do sneaky mating. Yeah, awesome. they get sloppy seconds or yeah. whatever it is. But there's definitely a pecking order. And so the males are there, um, and, you know, not everyone gets to be an alpha, but when you're king of the hill, then then you get the, you sort of lead the way with everyone. But there's a mix of males and females in the troop. And so this you know old alpha is there and now there's this disruption in the order and so nobody knows what's going on and now there are long-term researchers there from kyoto university and so the researchers are watching and the rangers are watching and the tourists are just like oh my god what's going on and then we had to leave we had to go home like i didn't get to see what happened that's torture it was (laughs) because i'm like oh am i seriously watching something that hasn't happened before and the guy from the park actually was emailing us because we had some pictures he's like you are not going to believe what happened after you laughed we're like what what oh my god what happened so there apparently was like a coup going on with the with the other chimpanzee he's like look I know Pimu came and beat my ass, but let's let's rectify. Do you like me or do you like Pimu? Yeah, like, let's look, be real. Look, I know you cast your vote, um, and I I hope you appreciate it was a mistake. Right. This is your opportunity to rectify it. And so, out of nowhere, the next day, the chimpanzees, all the the males, they all jump Pimu. That's crazy. Yeah. They. I mean, that's never really been documented no, before, right? No, th- there has never been an example of a a whole troop going after an alpha. Like, usually it's an, an alpha who's getting old or weak, and another one will challenge him. But you don't have the whole troop, like, jumping in out of basically, like... It was like a jump, like a game. A jump, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, they, they, they went and they um, grabbed rocks 
and and they literally beat him to death. Now at this point, the Rangers are going, oh my God, because they're all agitated. They'd never seen this violent behavior and the people are right there. So they ushered everybody out and it was just the, the researchers watching this. So they're, you know, beating him with rocks, leaving him almost to die. And then at the very end, there was a very, very elderly chimp. He had never been the alpha, but he was always sort of like the Gandalf. Mm-hmm. The one that everybody approached for He's like the his wise advisor. He's the wise. They called him the kingmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he gave all the alphas the blessing. And they said, you know, at the very end, um, the kingmaker went up with a rock and delivered the final blow. Holy shit. I have chills. That's crazy. It was like total godfather yeah. stuff. And I was so pissed that I missed this like this thing and it was such a significant event I mean you can look it up in the journal of primatology it actually got written up in the journals like about a year later because this sort of behavior a a chimpanzee assassination where they all got together and apparently collaborated and made the decision we need to take out this leader yeah, I mean, in the fact that he got so many people on board to take out the leader says a lot, right? Like, yeah. do they know where this behavior came from? I mean, so they're being observed by humans all the time, right? Is there a chance that, well, the chimpanzees are also observing the humans and noticing human behaviors, too? Well, the tourists don't go and assassinate each other, so they, totally. they wouldn't get to observe that. And they're very, very specific in terms of, you know, you can watch and observe and that's all you can do. As far as the chimpanzees are concerned, we are very tall, weird, hairless chimpanzees that just stand there. And we're uninteresting because we don't do anything. We don't give them food. We don't threaten them. So they just kind of ignore the people after a while. And there are multiple troops in the forest. This troop is the only one that people are allowed to observe. So the other troops aren't as habituated. Now, the fact that this is the first time we've observed that behavior, again, you know, we're very human centric in our thought. It's probably happened. Right. But we've never actually seen it before but it was an example of the fact that you have this um you have a a society that's usually very stable but you have this destabilizing influence and they have enough um ability to to think through and plan as a group, how they are going to deal with this destabilizing force. And and I think the fact that this behavior showed that they're not just reacting, like they're making very conscious decisions right. as a group about they a how high... they want to maintain that society, that yeah. is evidence of some pretty high-level thinking. Absolutely. I think that's what's key, right, is that for so long with a lot of animals, we just think that they're, you know, working on instinct and that there's not really this like uh planning because we we attribute planning to mm-hmm. you know frontal lobe human behavior and that no one else can plan i mean but that chimpanzee behavior is clear planning yeah 
And that's always something that we've used, right, as our benchmark for quote-unquote higher level thinking, right? The ability to reason, remember, and think ahead. And they've, they've done all of those things. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting to me that who knows sort of what the thought process is or what um, travesties Pimu committed that crossed a line for them. But as a society... Even, you know, these other higher level primates had the ability to recognize, I picked a poor leader and I need to right that wrong. Um, right. They, it they wasn't just, more, oh, well, we voted oh, him well. in, so I guess he stays. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's your alpha male too, support him. Yeah. No, you know, they're, uh, I would say that the chimpanzees of the Mahali National Forest in 2011 exhibited moral rectitude that we are not seeing amongst the certain leaders in human society here in the States. So yeah, I, I would rather hang out with them than Mitch McConnell, we'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few on my list I'd rather uh, oh not God. hang oh, out well, with. Oh, well, I mean, I would rather <laughs> hang out with the chimpanzees than, yeah, probably the vast majority of people out here, because at least they have figs. I know, right? They have figs, and they have a really nice um, waterfront property. <laughs> what the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.